Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Now, I don't need to tell you that biodiversity is in crisis. This is true in Irish seas as much as in our global oceans. And despite that, only 2% of our waters are designated marine protected areas. A national campaign called Fair Seas is trying to approve that. Joining me now is Regina Classen, Marine Policy and Research Officer with the Irish, Irish Wildlife Trust and co-author of the Fair Seas Report, Revitalising Our Seas. Welcome to the programme, Regina. When you uh, talk about marine protected areas, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, so it's... Um it's very much like you would envision, envision like a national park on land. It's a, an area set aside to help biodiversity recover, uh, where certain human activities might be um, managed so that um, we're really protecting and hopefully restoring sea life within those areas. So when you say uh, human activities would be restricted, are you talking about nobody goes in there or are you talking about limited tourism or are you talking about managed um, fishing? What are you talking about? Yeah, so um, it's not at all that you can't go in there. Um, It's absolutely open to anybody to enjoy the area generally. But in the end, the management measures will be completely up to the government. Um, There are some international guidelines. Generally, you would say in a marine protected area, you shouldn't have industrial scale human activities. So extractive fisheries, for example, on an industrial scale uh, would not be compatible with marine protected areas with the um, international guidelines. So in Ireland, that might look different. Uh, We're certainly hoping that we will get some highly protected areas or fully protected areas that would restrict industrial scale activities in these areas so that our seas can recover because we've had such uh, large declines in, for example, large marine predators. We have a 90% decline of the angel shark uh, since the 1980s. 90% decline in the poor beagle shark over a much longer time period. So they were actually uh, commercially hunted for their high value meat. So these large predators that have declined are, you know, a huge concern. We really don't know what the marine environment would actually look like. So it is important to have these marine protected areas as reference sites where these kind of populations can rebuild and we can actually you know, find out what uh, the marine environment would actually be like in its kind of historical sense. When we talk about that 2%, presumably all of the, 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 the point at which land meets sea is protected uh, as, a, as a marine protected area because of the, the presumably there are areas of, of highest biodiversity where land meets sea or, or am I wrong? Um, no, you're not wrong. Um, so what we found in, in our report, which we'll talk about in a bit more detail, is that actually, yeah, the seas around Ireland, uh, like immediately around the coast, are incredibly diverse. So, you know, incredibly important areas. And a lot of them are already protected as special areas of conservation or special protection areas. Now, these are terms that come from EU laws. We won't go into them in too much detail. But yes, a lot of our estuaries and bays are already protected areas. But those areas are a bit um, complicated because the EU law doesn't actually protect everything within that site. It's very restricted to an annex list of species and habitats. And uh, there are a lot of gaps in those. So whilst we have protected areas, for example, no sharks are protected anywhere within those sites. So that's a huge gap. So... um 
Give me an example of the sort of area that we should be protecting that we're, we're not. There's an area off the coast of South Wexford, for example. Yes, um, we have uh, the South East Coast area of interest, which we chose based on um, the, the salty islands, uh, for example, which are already a protected area. But we would like a much larger area than that to be a protected area because they're very important seabird colonies in that area. And we know that seabirds, they don't just need protection in the places they breed, they forage quite large distances. And so they need to be protected in the areas where they forage for fish. And crucially, we need to ensure that the, the fish stocks, that the populations that the birds depend on are also replenished in that area. So we've chosen quite a large area there. Uh, we also know that taupe shark, for example, which is quite a small shark, mostly located in the Irish Sea, uh, has quite high densities in that area. So it's, you know, seabirds, sharks, um, very interesting seabed habitats in that area as well. We've kelp forests, incredible, beautiful underwater forests around the salty islands. So all of that taken together makes this an incredibly uh, important biodiversity hotspot. Similarly, I want to give you an example also um, from the West Coast. So we we've chosen an area that goes from uh, Loophead uh, all the way down to kind of the Kenmare Bay area. It's quite a large area of interest. And there are a few protected areas in there already, but they're all quite small. One example is Truly Bay, for example, which is one of the last remaining hotspots for critically endangered angel sharks. And we know that they breed in Truly Bay, but they're not actually protected within Truly Bay because sharks aren't listed under the Habitats Directive, which is what's protecting the, the area at the moment. So we really need to widen those areas. We need to look at what else is living there. We need to look at the entire ecosystem as a whole. How do these species interact and how do they all contribute to healthy seas? I don't think anybody listening would have a problem with protecting Irish seas. But of course, uh, there's a difficult conversation to be had here because when you protect an area... Um, that has human activity in it, then obviously some people's day-to-day, -day, uh, maybe it's making their living, maybe it's uh, tourism, whatever it is, uh, that, that becomes limited in, in some respect. And in particular, some of these areas presumably are, are rich with fish and are commercially fished or locally fished and having high protection for these animals and these habitats would reduce that. How do you manage that conversation with fishermen? Because there does need to be change and very few people are willing, it seems, to make changes when it has a big impact on their livelihood. And, and that is, is really the crux of the problem, isn't it? It is, absolutely. But, you know, there are so many examples of um, actually commercial species that are also declining. You know, cod, for example, collapsed in the 1980s. We're talking 40 years of attempted fisheries management that hasn't worked. So cod are still in a state of collapse. So we have lost a lot of commercial species and I think fishermen would be, you know, the first to actually benefit from marine protected areas because we are trying to replenish former life uh, that we once had in our seas. And it's not just the sharks, it's absolutely the, the fish that have been fished out, which we have to um, have to rebuild those populations. And when it comes to the inshore areas where a lot of kind of small scale, low impact fishermen operate, we would not advocate necessarily for those kind of activities to be excluded. So 
for example, lobster potting or crab potting could be absolutely compatible with marine protected areas. It really is kind of the, the industrial, larger trawlers, bottom trawling, the kind of really harmful activities that are um, really emptying our seas and, and stopping um, potential restoration from taking place. And um, I was just reading a report from 2015, it's from the European Environment Agency, and the executive director of the Environment Agency said that we really need to respect the ecological boundaries of Europe's seas if we want to continue enjoying the benefits that we receive. And ultimately, that will entail making fundamental changes in the way we meet our societal needs. And I think that the Irish government maybe hasn't quite understood that yet, uh, those fundamental changes. And we need to communicate that as much as possible, that this is a necessary change. Yeah, there's a lot of focus on climate change at the moment, but actually the biodiversity in our seas is very much tangled up in that. And we need to, to make sure we keep an eye on that at the same time. Um, you are proposing, um, was it 16 areas for protection? How does that uh, play out in real life? Do, do you go to the Minister for, um, for Fisheries or, or um, what's, the, what's the proposal and how likely are you to get these areas protected? So, yeah, we've, we've 16 areas of interest and they cover about 36% of the entire Irish maritime area. Now, the government is actually committed to designating 30% of the Irish maritime area as marine protected areas by 2030. So we're not too far off of the government's own targets here. Now we've, But that's a long time from now. It is, yeah. And we're actually pushing uh, for having 10% by 2025 as a pretty good start. And what we've done so far is we've published this report. And now our next step will be to kind of try and get stakeholder engagement in this process. The government has our report and I think the Minister for Housing, who would be responsible for designating marine protected areas, he joined us on... What? Um, yeah. The Minister for Housing is responsible for designating yeah. areas of special marine protection? It all comes down to marine spatial planning, which is, you know, planning in terms of the land, of right, the right, housing. Okay. So marine spatial planning is in the Department of Housing and Heritage, which now they've taken in. Uh, the National Parks and Wildlife Service. So yes, the Housing Department is absolutely responsible for designating and managing marine protected areas. So Dara O'Brien and uh, Minister Malcolm Noonan would be our main ministers. But of course, uh, Minister McConnellogue, who's in charge of fisheries, will absolutely also be involved in this process uh, when it comes to management, because obviously it has a lot to do with fishing. Throw in the, the Department for Climate, um, Minister Eamon Ryan, who is in charge of uh, increasing wind farm coverage, so offshore renewables to fight climate change. So that's also a huge planning issue. So several departments will, will um, be involved in this process. What can we do um, as members of the public who feel that we want to protect Irish seas and, um, and understand that it, it can be a difficult conversation, but want that to happen sooner? Is there anything we can do? Yeah, so... Obviously, Fair Seas is a relatively young campaign, but we're doing our best to try and get people involved. Um, so if you're interested in hearing more about marine protected areas, absolutely get in touch. We have a website, fairseas.ie. And the best thing you can do at the moment is actually to get in touch with your local councillors, with your TDs and ask for marine protected areas and support. 
maybe there's a, an area of interest in our report that's close to where you live and you really want that to be designated, absolutely call your, your local councillor or TD and ask them for that area to be designated. Maybe more research to be done. Um, anything like that would help. Regina, just before I let you go, there was reports this week of French military exercises in uh, or affecting the Irish EEZ, which is our footprint um, uh, where we can lay claim to the, the Irish waters. How is it possible that military exercises being performed in France can be allowed to go ahead if they're going to affect our waters and uh, potentially the, the animals that live within them, uh, particularly seals, whales and sharks? Yeah, so actually the Irish jurisdiction um, in a general sense is only goes only out to 12 nautical miles beyond our coastlines. Anything 12? beyond 12 nautical miles, yeah, it's not that much. So it's just no. a, a little line around Ireland that over which we actually have proper jurisdiction. Beyond that, you have 200 nautical miles where you can, so the EEZ stands for Exclusive Economic Zone. So you, you have um, rights to economic exploitation in terms of oil and gas exploration and fishing. But beyond that, it's, it's actually, that is part of the high seas. So while Ireland has um, economic claim to that area, um, it cannot tell a foreign jurisdiction not to have any military exercises within it because it's technically the high seas. So the United Nations um, Convention on the Law of the Sea applies, which is the international legislation for the law of the sea. Yeah. Um, any radio person who's been around long enough knows that the, the laws of the high seas uh, are different to the laws of the land. Really interesting uh, speaking with you and good luck with the campaign, Regina Klassen uh, from Fair Seas. Thanks a million. Future Proof Extra with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk.